0: Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. This week's guest is Simone Norman, who is an actor, writer, sketch comedy performer, stand up comedian, and improviser, and very smart, very interesting, very talented woman that I recently met. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. As always, this program and all the programs here at Wayward Wordsmiths are completely listener-supported, so please, if you have an interest in supporting what we do here, go to patreon.com and look up Wayward Wordsmiths on with the talk, with the chat, with the converse-ation. I hope you guys like it. I mean, really that's my favorite
1: fun. thing to do, is a improv-
0: yeah? Yes. Where'd you start yes. doing that?
1: Um, I started doing that at uh, college. <laughs> at college? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which college was that, Simone? Uh, Barnard
1: College, uh, the all female undergraduate school of Columbia University. Huh. And uh, yeah, and a lot, and little known fact Columbia University has its own women's college.
0: I've never heard of this.
1: Yeah. Are we recording, by the way? Yes, we are. Okay, cool. Um, Barnard College is the women's undergraduate. College of Columbia University Uh, it's its own school Mm -hmm. liberal arts um, school in Morningside Heights across the street from Columbia's main campus Mm -hmm. but it your degree is conferred by Columbia so you can take all your classes at Columbia they can take classes at Barnard it's a very strange Uh um, little relationship there but I applied to Barnard and I went and I did the sketch comedy group there Uh, my first year and one day the all-female improv group opened for us Mm. and I was like wow that is (laughs) cool Uh, and I had never really improvised before save for like you know
0: lying lying (laughs) as a
1: kid and also doing uh, you know like dramatic arts day camp at the <laughs> Jewish community center as a kid. Right. Uh, so I had not formally improvised, uh-huh. and but I tried out, and I got in, and I was shocked. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, in New York City, uh, anyone who is... Not being taught Harold or UCB core curriculum mm-hmm. or whatever is a, still at least being coached probably by somebody who has. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know I wasn't taking any of those classes yet, but I all of the coaches of the of the group on campus and all of the older improvisers were all in those classes. So it was like a yeah. trickle down mm-hmm. effect. So I was essentially studying like kind of UCB style improv, and then I was the the president of the group there and the president of the sketch group, and then I was just like campus queen of comedy, <laughs> uh, not my words. A real ca- on-campus publication written by my friend <laughs> uh, <laughs> dubbed me that. Um, I had so nothing good. to do with it. And okay. then I graduated, and I was like, well, OK. Uh, now I have no you know, network or connections or uh-huh. platform or whatever. Um, I was going to go to school for speech pathology, actually. Yeah? Yeah, and, like, not do comedy at all, not uh-huh. do acting at all. It was all just a hobby before that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I was like, oh, I want to do a career in mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, that doesn't exist for me. Uh, and so I – and my degree was in psycholinguistics, actually. It had nothing to do with theater or the arts. So I did my thesis, and I did all this research, and I was like, I'm uh-huh. going to go to graduate school for this. Mm-hmm. And I was taking all these classes for it and preparing my applications for grad school. And at the last second, I—I really—they say, you know, you don't have like aha moments, but like sometimes you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I woke up and uh, I didn't say like aha, but I like thought. <laughs> to myself, uh, Hey, myself, I have a message for you. Uh, don't go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. It, it, you hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> You know, it's cool in college uh, to do it like with research and like write papers about something you're interested in. But then to actually do it clinically or go to school for it professionally is a whole other matter.
0: Absolutely. So
1: I said no. And I withdrew all of my applications. Wow. And my mom took my headshot. <laughs> Not exactly industry standard at first, but Uh she and I had a great time shooting it.
0: You have to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. And then I uh, quit that whole plan and and started taking improv at the pit, though. Yeah. Not at UCB because uh, simply because it was cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) At the time, there was like a Thanksgiving Black Friday improv sale. Mm -hmm. So I bought a coupon (laughs) (laughs) and started taking improv. Um, Mm And now I'm in level f- five. I went really slowly. Yeah. I did it over the course of like three years. Even though I'd been improvising at that point for already five years, I took the classes slowly. And mm-hmm. um, and now I'm doing work study at the pit where I trade labor for improv. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: That, yeah. That's my journey as an improviser.
0: Very good. Um, I always like... It always really bothers me about, like, because I I I've I lived in Minnesota and Minneapolis for a while. Oh, my maybe.
1: boyfriend's from Minnesota. Oh, yeah? From right? Minneapolis, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Southwest uh, District. Okay. Is it, That's what it's called. Sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, I only lived there for a year. Oh, oh, okay. I'm from Minnesota, but I'm from a town I'm about a couple hours away from oh, Minneapolis. Oh, called what? Uh, Rochester. It's where the Mayo Clinic is. Oh. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, when I was there, they had a couple of improv cla- Um schools Mm -hmm. and it's the same structure of like levels and that sort of thing I like the levels I I understand that and I understand there's like a certain standard to which you like want to hold everybody but as someone who's been improvising for the last you know 10 years of mm-hmm. my life or so. I want to be able to test out.
1: Totally, yeah. Because oh, like, no, 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 yes, absolutely. Like, like w- across schools?
0: Well, across schools, and yes. I, like I go to the pit. I go, OK, okay I want to take your level, I want to take your level three class, because I'm at least there. I know that in my mind, because I've been doing it for a long time. You've been and,
1: doing it for 10 years. You're higher than level three. But, but yeah, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. And
0: <laughs> so you show up, you audition, or you do a couple scenes like, oh, yeah, you can just come in, or you can just be part of this, rather than like.
1: You have to take level one.
0: Uh-huh. And that's just like, uh, it's just, I hate all these people who are here for corporate bonding. No,
1: and you know, UCB, uh, not to bash them because they do brilliant work, but Mm -hmm. UCB has the thing where, like, if you audition, if you complete their core curriculum and then you audition for the house team and you don't get on it, you have to keep paying for and retaking the same class over and over again until you do make it on. I think that is the way they structure it. You can't just, like, uh, keep auditioning, you have to keep paying to audition. And it is basically a pyramid scheme by the end of where you've paid (laughs) like $1,600 to be able to do improv once a week in Mm -hmm. a designated space. You know, and I get it though. I mean like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's no small feat, but I I only have so much money to pay people for these things. And Mm -hmm. so eventually it becomes like you have to just pick a theater and stick with it Mm -hmm. to get your money's worth. Um, but you know, one theater with one philosophy and one set of teachers is limiting, you know. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, That is also like going to an acting coach and just going to see that one and never right. growing. I'm like, well, why would right. you do that?
1: And like UCB has insanely good sketch, and mm-hmm. Pitt has insanely good improv, and Magnet has insanely good musical improv. Mm-hmm. But they don't, you know, it's all, and like the tank has new, like, I could talk about improv all day. It is so lame and boring. I had no, not. Uh, an improv teacher say once, like, yeah, I could, you know, launch into a, a you know, a monologue about, uh, like, the, all the history of improv and, you know, Viola Spolin and Del Close and da 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 but it would bore you all to tears. So I was like, please do. <laughs> I want to hear more. It's so interesting to me. Like, I, I read all the improv books. Like, oh, yeah? I subscribe to... Uh, our improv on reddit
0: that's very good <laughs>
1: subreddit for fucking improv can I curse
0: yeah okay cool
1: hell yeah oh this isn't this isn't fresh air yeah
0: this is not fresh air <laughs> this is not good morning America oh, Okay. Cool. you can say pretty much whatever pretty damn, you
1: want f- pretty damn fucking much
0: whatever you want yeah. is, but if it is like shitty. Yeah. I will go, hey, don't be racist or whatever. Oh well,
1: I, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Okay, good. But I, I will use the F word when describing how much I love improv <laughs> because I fucking love improv.
0: I understand that. I I I really miss doing it and I keep wanting to get into it specifically, you know, because... 'cause it, You're it, just
1: doing stand up right now? I'm
0: just I'm well I'm doing stand up and I'm an actor and I'm doing yeah. these podcasts. Yeah. And a lot of the podcasts are improvising because, you know, yeah. I'm the I'm the goofy co host. <laughs> it's me. Um, a little
1: wackadoo sidekick.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wearing
1: a cardigan with oars on it.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes I break out a Hawaiian shirt. Wow. hmm But, like, I would like to do it because it would strengthen, I think, the being able to ad-lib on stage doing stand-up. And, like, totally. it would just help everything. But it is, like, the thing. Uh, the thing that's keeping me from it is the thing i was saying I'm like i don't want to start at one hmm. because i know i'd go insane
1: it's uh, really hard i mean I, I actually had a whole bit i would it's so rude because these people are all extremely nice but the this, <laughs> oh, this bit like the people you meet in level 1 improv mm-hmm. and one of them is like <laughs> the the really really hot like russian girl who like doesn't know what improv is and never really learns Mm -hmm. um and you're like how'd you get here (laughs) the like the like finance bro or like real estate Uh dude who's like yeah i'm doing this to get better at public speaking (laughs) uh and like somebody tries to make him a girl in the scene and he freaks out and Uh he's like i'm not doing that um and then you have the like the mom who's really sweet, mm-hmm. you know, the like mom of two kids. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's always fun, but you can't fucking do that over and over again. You just can't just yeah. keep taking level one. It's hard.
0: Yeah. Um. So you, w- you went to school here. Are you from here?
1: Yeah, I'm from uh, Westchester.
0: I see. Just Ten
1: miles north of Manhattan. I'm mm-hmm. um, from Lower Westchester.
0: So up where the School of Gifted Youngsters is.
1: Yeah. Which one? <laughs> there are a couple. X Men.
0: I'm talking about the X Men. Oh,
1: I uh, didn't catch that reference, it's okay. and that is uh, my fault, not yours. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, thank you for I, owning up to your mistake.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I there are schools for gifted kids there. <laughs> yeah? There's just, like really good public schools and <laughs> private schools. I don't know. Uh, I didn't go to one of those. I just went to a regular public high school, uh, and I was a mm-hmm. theater theater kid there. Doing all the, uh, so footlooses and uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: so you you done theater as a hobby growing up, and so what made you look at psycholinguistics like that? Oh, kinda uh, is like a
1: whoop? deviation. Yeah. Uh, well. F- okay. So first of all. So is
0: it a synapse repair shop? What is it <laughs> like? It, it's uh, syntax and synapse.
1: Syntax and synapse. That's that's some word goofery. <laughs> look at you. Um. I uh, have, like, <coughs> most artists and performers, like, a deep need to be extraordinary and, like, in to- cannot tolerate any, like, semblance <laughs> of mediocrity in any field that I, like, engage myself with. So, uh, yeah. like I said, I was not about to go start doing performance as a career because I knew it would be, like, really hard to make it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to slave away at that. And uh, I thought, L- let me get, like, a nice science degree and, like, feel really... uh
0: Smart and, superior. Smart and
1: superior, and because uh, because I would have been an English major, comparative literature major in a heartbeat. Um, but I was like, I can read these books on my own. So uh,
0: <laughs> I don't need someone to tell me to do this. I'm gonna no, do like
1: assign me Pride and Prejudice, honey. I want to <laughs> read it on my own. No, I don't. I hate that book. <laughs> but uh have you
0: seen the? <laughs> Five-hour version that uh, the BBC. No. Oh, okay, but it has Alan Rickman. I don't Rickman. like Jane Eyre. Oh, no, I'm I think sure. it is. I don't
1: like English literature, to be honest. Yeah. Like Eng- like like British English mm-hmm. literature. I, uh, like the Good Soldier is good. Like Ford Maddox Ford, and so I like uh, I like weirdo Irish authors. Uh huh. So just like um, about Sam
0: Beckett, I assume. yeah yeah. And, Me too.
1: And I like like I mean, like Flannery O'Connor short stories, and I mm-hmm. like uh, I like all the Russian. Um mm-hmm. and but my thing lately, the thing I've really gotten into is like magical realism and uh Oh shit, yeah Yeah, Marques and uh like Vargas Lopez and uh you know Jorge Luis Borges and all the, all those cats. I think um well Isabella I have, Lende.
0: I have some Recommendations for you. Please. One, um, there's this Irish comedian named Dylan Morin. Mm. He did this show called Black Books. It's very good. Number one, watch that. Number two, he wrote a series of short stories about anthropomorphic animals, mm. but they're adults. Ooh. So it's kind of like like we need to- I don't want to read about babies. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's just like, okay, so there's a pig and an owl, yeah. and they're a couple, but they're having a row, Like, and they're Ooh. at a bar, they're drunk, and they're fighting. So, As
1: Irish animals are. Yeah, exactly, you know it's do.
0: fascinating cool. stuff. Yeah, um, I can lend you them if you want. Thanks, yeah. And then uh, magical realism, I, to yeah. me, Gaiman's the the first one to go to, and then yeah, from there. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. So I, I I was a big lit nerd, but I wanted to do a, a degree in science.
0: Thank you for bringing us back.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. This is not my first rodeo with uh, <laughs> 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 with
0: connect, a conversation with, with a
1: conversation or with connecting a narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well done. Thanks. It's really showing.
1: Uh, oh, I was a I was taking psychology classes and flirting with the idea of making it my major mm-hmm. when I ran into I was TAing, so I was in the psychology department all the time, and I ran into the, uh, or not the owner, the, like, the head of the speech perception lab there, and, uh, named Robert Hermes. He's brilliant, and he was my, uh, like, mentor of sorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out to him. He made me who I am today, and, uh, I really loved the work he was doing in his lab, which was speech perception, so, uh, uh, kind of the, uh, like, neuroanatomical, uh, like uh audiological uh component of of like brain anatomy and perception combined with uh linguistics so like how does our brain and our auditory mechanism kind of all come together and our you know perception of just uh of like in in society and culture and other people in there whatever all kind of coalesce to uh to inform how we interpret language and speech, mm-hmm. both the linguistic side of it and also um, uh, like like what what like what is specific to different talkers, like the acoustic a- output, like sure. like how you say your words. Um, because of where you're from and who your parents are, but mm-hmm. also because of how your, you know, mouth is formed, mm-hmm. you know, how your brain is wired, like, whatever. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's,
0: I'm sure, it was yeah. really
1: interesting to me, so I was just like, okay, well, I'll just do this. And then, mm-hmm. and then, like, I did my thesis on it, and so I thought that that's what I would do.
0: So can you answer for me this question? Yeah. Why do we pick up accents?
1: Why do we pick up accents? Yeah, like,
0: if I spe- start stalking... If, if if I start talking... So if you start
1: stalking me... If I
0: start stalking you, I was wondering <laughs> if I wouldn't, you know, end up talking like you. It's so talking and stalking. That is how I speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you were to stalk me, that's how you would end up speaking.
0: Yeah, that's true. You are just... You're doing a very good job of, of masking it. masking it. I yeah. know. Yeah, I know. So I know. good. I'm really impressed. Mm. But no, like, um, if I talk to... Like, um, I have friends from Scotland. I immediately start talking like that. And yeah, yeah. Without thinking. Is it just... Uh, an extension of mirror neurons, or what's the deal there? Do you know?
1: Uh, if you can't answer
0: it, that's okay too.
1: If I can answer it, then you've caught me. I never have studied this in my life.
0: <laughs> you are a very good, yes, Ander. And so when I was like, yes, you, you were doing this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, def-
1: two two years ago, I could have cited the article for you sure. to read about it. These days I can't, but uh, let's see if I can think about this. I think, uh, yeah, when we, when we see other people, we want to mirror them. But the reason why we do that is, and Ramez had like a whole big playground theory. It like goes back to kids on the playground. Sure. You know, you, you speak like the kids on the playground more than you speak like your parents at home, believe it or not. Like, if you, you know, so, you know, you're, you're, it's your social environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, I think, informs your speech uh, way more than, like, you know, if you're, I don't know if your palate is formed a certain way, you know, Mm -hmm. like anybody's everybody is born with every phoneme in the human in the existence Mm -hmm. available to them. And it gets stripped out through exposure to a limited range of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're, you know, sitting in front of somebody else and kind of hearing all of their phonemes and uh, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. You want to try yourself? I don't know. That's not the (laughs) fucking clinical. That's not the uh, real answer. But they're. I will find the uh, peer-reviewed journal and I will forward it to you and vindicate myself. After
0: I this appreciate that. Interview. I will put it in the show notes. Oh, God. okay, good. And I I, 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 do like this idea that your subconscious is like, yeah, just have a go at that.
1: Yeah, just have a just, quick you know, go. Just go
0: uh, try, that. just try, just a little. You know, give a little,
1: give a little go.
0: Live a little. Just Wait. live a little. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, that's really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, so,
1: like accents are fun. They
0: are fun. There's this weird thing. It's not really weird. It's actually very good where, like, specific in stand-up comedy, you're, you know, when people do accents, everyone's like, do you gotta do it to tell a story? Do you? No. No? But, like, also, like, what I found, and I was talking to one of my friends about this a while ago, I was like, I think if you're impersonating someone specific, mm-hmm. it's okay. If you're mm-hmm. like, all Mexican people sound right, this way, right. that's not good. But if I, right. like, um, Alan Tudyk was doing a Diego Luna impression because yeah. they worked together on Star Wars.
1: Oh, I love uh, Diego Luna. Yes,
0: he's very good. He's beautiful boy. Yes, and so if you're doing that, I think it's more kosher or sure. whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, There's a
1: rule in a, in a stand-up. PC uh, textbook somewhere That has the exact <laughs> language on When and how we Can engage in accents yeah, And w- how to avoid derision And mockery and, uh-huh. and, and But how to also uphold the bit Yes uh, I will also find that passage And review, it, uh, <laughs> send it to you And you can put it in your show notes I just
0: can't believe there's a textbook About how to do PC stand Oh my god, there's not yeah. <laughs> There's not Yeah <laughs>
1: The only person who would be interested in that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: I would. I would be interested to go, well... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I have, not been doing, yes. I have not been doing stand-up for very long. Yeah, no? No, I've been doing it for like eight months. That's it? Wow. Yeah, and you're I... you very good. Thank you. I uh, kind of hate it sometimes <laughs> a lot.
0: Welcome to being a stand-up. I know.
1: I uh, kind of am doing it because you're supposed to. You know, as a comedian in like Brooklyn, you're supposed to be doing sketch and improv and stand-up and bits and character. And I mean, no, you're not supposed to, but I just want to be on stage as much as possible is what I'm trying to say. For sure. And, you know, engage in every form I can Mm -hmm. and just experiment. Um, But I am an improviser and a sketch actor Mm -hmm. first. And the stand-up is a constant struggle.
0: Yeah, why? Yeah.
1: Uh, because it doesn't come as naturally to me.
0: Just like the sitting down writing jokes? Yeah. Stuff like that? Have yeah. you considered just improvising sets and then seeing what works?
1: Oh, the thought scares me. Yeah, I mean, I have, of course, because improv is where I started. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also with improv, you're not alone on stage. You have people to bail mm-hmm. you out. So, yeah, I, I think I could. And I have improvised, you know, crowd work and riffs and bits and sure. stuff. but. I think right now I'm so new. I'm still getting... I'm still, like, figuring out my voices. Sure. Like, did you have a period when you first started stand-up where you were like, I hate how I sound. I hate my material. I hate the persona I'm going up with. I hate... No, just... just. No, <laughs>
0: um, but I I had sat on be, doing stand-up for years. Because okay. I know I'd wanted to do it for oh, a okay. very long time. Okay. Because, you know, I was a white boy that had a lot of time on his hands and watched too much Comedy Central so I knew immediately like this is something that I can do but also like no there's also times where you do question yourself and it's not even like is this funny it's is this truthful
1: which is am I just
0: am I just stealing someone else's thing and making it my own and that sort of thing and you
1: or am I just doing something that I think could work rather than like because I believe in it and think it's good is it just like oh yeah people find this funny and not I find this funny Mm -hmm. I think this is worthy material.
0: Yeah, and the the other thing is like it's why like whenever you're questioning yourself like that, the the it's like why are you doing it? Yeah. And and for me it's like talking about mental health and getting it it like the first step of empathy is, is Relating to someone and humor is the way to relate to people. Totally. And so that's why I do my set and that sort of thing. And that's how I frame it in my mind. And then there's other days where I'm like, well, what I want to do, and like this is Jim Carrey's language, is free people from concern. Yeah. So people show up and then they just want to relax for a second. And that's also noble. Yeah. So as long as you find the thing that's bigger than yourself about it, Mm -hmm. I find, that's then it doesn't matter if it was funny if you were good it's not about you right did people
1: right. enjoy right well everything? that is that is the transcendent fucking like <laughs> i mean i am trying to get there i'm trying to get to a play i actually do this bit very recently because i've been yeah. thinking about this exact subject where sure. i get on stage and i'm like yeah i'm actually trying to use Uh, Comedy less as uh, a tool for praise and more of like more focus on the artistry and the self-expression And then I say uh, and uh, just like quick round of applause for me and how well I've been doing with that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's
0: very funny, that's good Well,
1: it's truthful ultimately and that's why it works Mm -hmm. Because I'm not lying, I really do struggle with uh, making it about uh, the artistry, which I happen to be very interested in, but, uh, you know, not getting sidetracked and just focusing on like, wow, laughs feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, laughs are like just bomb to the to the empty artists, you, you know, know kind of their wounds. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's very much like it's a hit of endorphins that doesn't require a prescription. And that's yes. great.
1: Yes, and I, I don't drink or do drugs. I am Same woefully straight edge, really? Let's yeah. high five across the table. Yeah. There it
0: was. Yeah, um, that wasn't like, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't describe myself as straight edge, but as sober. Yes. That's how I would describe S- yeah, myself. Yeah, that was,
1: straight edge conjures up like a 15 year old at Warped Tour yep. who's like, my body is straight edge, but my taste in music is hardcore. <laughs> Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to almost fuck but yeah. not quite because I am uncomfortable <laughs> with myself. Yeah. Whereas you know, like it was a decision I made after not being sober. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, um, it is. Feels it, good. It does actually to be functioning at hundred percent all the time. Yes. Like that's something that a lot of people don't realize. I've seen a lot of comedians go up and be like very like hammered and drunk and mm-hmm. like they're loose and they're kind of they say funny stuff because. There's no filter, mm-hmm. but it's generally not f- funny stuff that's, like, thoughtful no. in any way. No,
1: making <laughs> somebody laugh doesn't actually require intelligent, thoughtful, like, hard work and prep.
0: It requires... You're just
1: being a fucking goofy drunk dude. Yep. Like, okay, you're just going <sighs>
0: Okay, two things. One, yeah, it's just surprise and then the framework to say it's comedy. That's mm-hmm, all it is. If mm-hmm. you say the same thing, like, if I did my entire act and said it was a one-man show, people might not laugh. Right. Right. Um, And so there's that. But the other thing is, um, do you watch Lady Dynamite? No. You should. It's okay. amazing. Um, but in the second season, Maria's boyfriend starts doing stand-up. Is this Maria
1: Bamford's? This is Maria um, Bamford. Maria Bamford, yes. I have not ventured into her world yet and i know that i should have a long time ago but i will
0: yes it's very good as she's my favorite comedian um but her boyfriend starts doing stand-up and is very good at it Mm -hmm. but in a way where he like he literally goes up to the mic and doesn't say anything and he Mm -hmm. gets laughs out of people being uncomfortable and it being a silly bit and so it kind of talks about like he goes yeah i'm doing really well but like it's 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 never gonna last, and it's not what you do at all. Right. So right, it's not. It's I'm not it's gonna do accident. it. It's an accident. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of when people go up and they're drunk and that sort of thing. Um, that, did you make the decision to be sober, or were you just did you just never drink and never? No, drink and drink? I
1: drank and uh, you know did you know uh, smoked, but I never. Yeah. Uh, but I always hated it. I hated it. Yeah, I never had a. G- I have n- maybe once or twice, but I really, truly have never had a good experience mm-hmm. with any drug or alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it at the time, but I know now it's because I have OCD. I see And uh, they do not mix me at all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because what is OCD? It's like a kind of a broken cascade of thoughts mm-hmm. that kind of whirls into at an intolerable pace mm-hmm. and to to uninhibit disinhibit whatever yourself is to just l- to just speed up the, the, yeah. the process <laughs> to just turn the wheels faster uh-huh. and so that becomes really really uncomfortable
0: I would imagine so.
1: Yeah and I'm sure there's some sort of chemical thing happening with serotonin and zap, mm. you know, draining you of your resources because it's a, you know, it's a depressant and it's just, Yeah. It just, I would if I could. Yeah. I don't have any issue with it. It just mm. doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm very similar but for a different reason. Yeah. Um, but it is, and also from from what I've talked to folks about, and then also from my own um, symptomology that is obsessive-compulsive, it is like also about control, mm-hmm. and once you're mm-hmm. high or drunk, you have no control.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's a spiral anxiety totally. thing, and then you, since you're more anxious, you double down on, yes. oh, well, this will help, this will help, this will help. And yes.
1: Some people think that... If you can relax and forfeit control, then mm-hmm. like it's it negates it somehow. Yeah. Th- I mean, maybe for somebody who's like, oh, I'm like kind of wound up during the day and I drink to chill out, like that's yeah. very different yes. from having a kind of pathological mm-hmm. need for control that is based on like, you know, your amygdala misfiring yeah. and interpreting situations as threatening when they aren't. Like that mm-hmm. is the kind of thing you can't just kind of chill out with fucking dude, like you know you're, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna recognize your body's changing mm-hmm. and start to freak out yeah could you imagine
0: if like season it's episode three of monk he had just gotten high and, <laughs> and like oh looks like wow, I'm good now cared.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well I can't solve crime anymore I
1: know and also the I don't like portrayals of OCD mm-hmm. in media, because it's always just like, I need to be neat. Mm-hmm. I need to be like clean. I hate like Howie Mandel and his germs, like that he is, that's a real experience, but But, yeah. but that's everybody's what? avatar for, or like what comes in, in their mind for OCD. It's like, oh, it is so much more than germophobia. Mm-hmm. There's so much more than like compulsive vacuuming. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's such a range. Yep.
0: Yeah, um, I would say a piece of media that is actually, at least for the way it manifests in me, incredibly accurate, is um, the recent uh, Murder on the Orient Express.
1: Oh, my God. I just saw that with the yeah. girl that I nanny for. Yeah?
0: Yeah, she yeah. loved it. It's I I think it's a very good movie.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, Kenneth Branagh fucking kicked ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the directorial choices were weird, but yeah. his performance was great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the moment that, like, actually really, like, almost made me cry in the theater is when he steps in poop. And
1: then it's, and he goes, it's about the imbalance. Yeah. And imbalance.
0: Like, <laughs> and I was just like, that is something I do in real yeah. life. People think it's funny, but it's true. Yeah. But Yeah. Um, so I think there's that, and there's like, but it is, it's kind of difficult because you do have a bunch of portrayal in the media of it being like, you're neat and organized, whereas unlike my sister and a few other people that I know I do have obsessive compulsive tendencies and they're very messy people but there's a logic and a rule set within yeah, the mess. Yeah, like hoarding
1: is a, is an OCD disease. Yeah, for sure. And like with you know, Kenneth Branagh in that movie, like it, he, he doesn't care if he's dirty. Mm-hmm. He cares that he's only dirty on one shoe, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about, it could be fucking anything though. Yep. It could be, you know, I, I mean my OCD uh, has nothing to do with my physical world. Yeah, I have uh, intrusive thoughts. I have what, yeah. what they call but is kind of a misnomer and they're trying to get away from this term pure OCD
0: mm.
1: which is uh, the same kind of uh, the same thought like that you can't tolerate that yeah. causes you anxiety like <gasps> oh there's you know my hands are dirty. For mm-hmm. me it would be I'll have an intrusive thought like what if you want to push that woman into traffic? Yeah. What, what if you were to? Do you want to? Mm -hmm. and it causes me immense anxiety because I have no ability to brush it off and just say, like, that's a silly thought, as Mm -hmm. most people do, because everybody has intrusive thoughts. Everybody has thought, what if I drop this baby? What if I, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. scream shit in the middle of my test? Like, everyone has thought that, but uh, they can usually say that's silly and redirect themselves. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, because I have this fucked up amygdala, (laughs) uh, it takes that thought and perceives it as as true as possible, as imminent, as a threat. Mm -hmm. I can't tolerate the anxiety that it causes, and so I have to do uh, mental compulsions Mm -hmm. to to make myself feel better, to negate the thought. Mm -hmm. Some people's compulsions are they wash their hands over and over. Mm -hmm. My compulsions are... I think about every single time that I haven't pushed a woman into traffic. I think Mm -hmm. about the fact that I actually am a very empathetic person and I would not want to see someone in pain. I think about the fact that I, like, endlessly, endlessly, any evidence I can produce for myself in that moment to, and then I'll call my mom and mm-hmm. say, Mom, you don't think I would ever, like, hurt somebody, right? You don't think I've ever pushed someone into traffic, right? You don't think I'm capable of that, right? And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, the endless reassurance, Googling, like, people who snap and push others into traffic. Does wow. that happen? It, it's a mental compulsion yeah. to endlessly seek reassurance yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've done a lot of research since getting diagnosed. I was only diagnosed this year.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That must have been a hell of a thing to live your entire life and then... Yes. That's always really, yeah.
1: Well, I just, I started doing research about it. And there are all sorts of forms that it could take. You could have um, pedophilia OCD, where you mm-hmm. become convinced that you might wake up tomorrow and actually become a pedophile. Yep. Incestuous OCD, where you become convinced that you could become a- attracted to your siblings or yep. your dad. Uh, you know, get, uh, homophobia, or not hom- excuse me, it's not homophobia, it's homosexuality OCD, where you become convinced that you're actually secretly not the uh, sexuality that you thought you were. Mm-hmm. It could be really anything. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> reading all of those categories made me think, oh, wait, what, am I going to have that? Oh, now I'm going to have that. Now I'm going to have that. (laughs) Now I'm going to have that. Uh, It gave me all of that (laughs) briefly, and then I was able to really enter therapy and, like, get medicated Mm -hmm. correctly, and now things are blessedly more uh, stable. Good. Yeah, and comedy really helped.
0: I would imagine, like, it's, on the base level, comedy is very therapeutic because you're getting assurance that you are okay. And that's why I think stand up is important for everybody to do a little bit, because it's just you. And so when it goes well, yeah. it's just you. Yeah. You're good enough. Yeah. Whereas like with acting you can always go, Well, yeah, well they like the character.
1: Right. Well the words are so good.
0: Yeah. Whereas like you wrote the words. You're yes. saying the words. Yes,
1: it is the ultimate those laughs are the ult it's the ultimate testament to your own wit. hmm Ultimate testament to your own. Talent, and, and not anybody can say lines. That's not mm-hmm. true. But truly, not everyone can write their own material. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I necessarily can. Sometimes I'm not writing material. Like sometimes I'm not writing material for months. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that I am funny. Uh, and uh, improv, I think, goes better for me than stand up because I have no time to overthink it.
0: Yeah. I could definitely that tracks with everything you've said. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like I'm consistent. Yeah. <laughs> Going back as well with the uh, humor's the first way you relate to someone. I think that's also why a lot of comedians go and they get kind of addicted to it because like yeah. they don't know how to relate in the real world, and so...
1: Especially if all your friends are comedians. Yeah, oh God. And hanging out is just, like, bit after bit. <laughs> after, it's like, ugh.
0: Like, I love it, and I hate it. I love hanging for about an hour and a half, yeah. and then I'm good. Yeah. I'm like, I, then I can't do it, and it has to be the right... Group of Mixed, comedians, yeah, in the
1: right environment.
0: Yeah, because there's just a bunch. Oh,
1: I've been in some hostile rooms with yeah. some weird communities where they're all friends, but they're all weird to each other. Yeah, and like their their laughter doesn't seem to be very uh, supportive. Like mm-hmm. they're just weird cliques of community especially in New York. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I most of my friends are are uh, artists and performers, but they're not all comedians. Yeah. They're like different kinds of artists Same. and
0: stuff. Yeah, well, I really like hanging out with writers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they'll yeah.
0: listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's... Um, so I was listening to Mike Drucker's podcast and oh, cool. he was talking about like... this. He was talking to somebody else about... um. They didn't... They moved to LA and they didn't realize how Frustrating the New York scene was. Until they
1: were out of it. Until they
0: were out of it because they were like I didn't realize that not everywhere is a bunch of old white guys that hate their wives that right. have been doing it for 20 years and haven't gotten any further And they're just
1: still at New York Comedy Club every yep. night. I mean I that also I would like to say I think now is the Manhattan comedy scene. Yes. I don't think that's the Brooklyn, that's not the Brooklyn comedy scene.
0: That is a reason I was like messaging you like, you do shows in Brooklyn, where can I do them? Yes,
1: Um, and I have to give you a list because there are, uh, first of all, you don't have to pay to host a show or have somebody enter it. That's wonderful. In Brooklyn, it's all, it's not all, it's largely free. Yeah. Uh, The show that I host, Mm -hmm. The show that I host uh, (laughs) every first Thursday at Pine Box Rock Shop 12 Grattan Street in Brooklyn, New York uh, Is free for me to produce and Mm -hmm. free for people to uh, attend
0: That's wonderful And
1: that does not exist in Manhattan
0: I will counter with it does With our Jekyll and Hyde Oh show. that's
1: really cool Well that's amazing that you found that But it's yeah. so it's rare It's super rare Yeah so for rare. sure
0: I keep getting um, I keep I'm getting booked That was. That sounds like I'm complaining about it <laughs> But I keep Like people keep asking me Ringers, To be on bringers yeah. And well, I'm like I'm running out of people I can't yeah. do this anymore Also
1: all my friends are broke
0: yeah, yeah it's like $20 for an hour and a half At
1: 10pm and a two drink minimum Yeah it's oh, It's a, it's a nightmare But I, I don't do those
0: shows yeah, I'm doing about three in a row, and then I'm not doing them ever again, hopefully. Well,
1: I got to introduce you to the Brooklyn scene because I have not done a single Bringer show
0: Well, in Brooklyn, ever. please do, because okay. that is something that I want. And also, I live here, so it's yeah, much the, more convenient. That's
1: where we are right now.
0: Yes, um, but you should, going on a shared note of intrusive thoughts, and then also comedy Maria Bamford yeah. has an album called Intrusive Thoughts Syndrome
1: because she has the same type of OCD as I do. Yes,
0: and she has the same kind of bipolar that I have. So wow. if we were to make a genetic baby, it would be Maria Bamford. Wow. I'm not saying we did, we are Going in the future, and we've done that already. Well, in the we past, least, rather. Who's to
1: say that we that like a time machine hasn't been invented exactly. twenty years from now? And we like we've done that, and then we were like, mm. remember that convo we had on our podcast? Like, yeah. let's make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> like maybe. Weird.
0: So we both have to legally change your name. To Bamberg, to
1: both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's how n- surnames work in yep. twenty years. Absolutely. They've just mm-hmm. changed that one thing. <laughs>
0: Yep, but yeah. Um, but yeah uh, Which and,
1: bipolar is that?
0: Um, dos. Two, okay. So it's the lighter, Hi- Hypomania. Rather as than. to
1: mania mania. Yeah.
0: yeah um, Still
1: pretty debilitating. Well,
0: yes and no. I'm lucky because I, I caught it super early okay. and my family has such a, like, a history of it. And yeah. so we we're like, oh, this is how he's acting? He has this. And oh, okay. now we can seek treatment for that rather That's than. Great. Like my even my uncle was like for you didn't get actually diagnosed until he was about 30 something mm. maybe even 40 something and it, that mu- living your entire life feeling these ways and having no idea yeah i cannot imagine and don't want to No. but um yeah um so i find with a lot of my stand up that most of my jokes are just in truth of intrusive thoughts that i'm saying for a laugh wow do you feel the same way about your stuff? Yes. Okay.
1: Not all the time. I've also hasn't been do- haven't been doing it very long, like I said. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Yes. I, um, your bit about the, the thing you wrote about the dog... <laughs> is that a series of intrusive <laughs> thoughts, or is that a, uh, no. an exercise in, in a, absurdism? Actually, no. That okay. is just an exercise in <laughs> Because okay. I was like, that's pretty fucked what up. What you're
1: referring to is the... The wag report card I wrote Mm -hmm. The fake one Where I Because I am a wag dog walker Actually And after every walk You have to write A little report card To the owner About how the walk went And Which is
0: buck wild
1: I always write I write cute ass Little notes I'm sure And they're Absolutely not Fucked up And insane Like the one (laughs) I read On stages Which I start talking about Being in love With the dog Basically Uh And it slowly comes out Over the course of the note That I like, think the dog is sexy and ravishing, and <laughs> and uh, don't like it to talk to other dogs along the walk because I want to protect my territory. Uh-huh.
0: Um, it's so puck white. It's very good. It,
1: I, I that was the first time I'd read it on, on stage. Yeah. Actually, it was at your show, and uh-huh. I was not sure how it was going to go. <laughs> uh, it went fine. It was yeah. good.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was just like, oh, okay, so she's just doing weird just shit. weird, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah.
1: I like weird shit, yes. Yeah. Not, uh, everything I do Mm -hmm. Um, because like in Brooklyn there's also like this alt comedy scene that I'm not I wouldn't identify as an alt comedian but uh, I run in a lot of those circles and I've played a lot of those shows and have those people played in my shows Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'm as weird as them but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty cerebral you're not going to catch me doing uh, a, a bit about like online dating or the mm-hmm. subway or yeah f- like well living in new york is crazy or <laughs>
0: yeah
1: you know like
0: yeah. what <laughs> it's like we, we all know that we're all living that let's talk yeah. it, let's learn a well, little it's every that. i
1: mean yeah yeah or if or if i do you know then maybe i'll like super, like make it weird you know
0: yeah so i was on the train the other day and an o- it was just filled with octopus yeah It was so weird i wasn't like i wasn't expecting it, it
1: was full of ink and I was like, uh, New York City. Could this city get crazier? He, could this be any, any stranger? Right. Only in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'll never move to LA. <laughs> I love it They have it squids! Here.
0: There, I'm not a fan of the squid.
1: Yeah, and cars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never driven a car in my life. Are you kidding me? No, I, I think. Where are you from,
1: Brooklyn originally? No. Where the fu- what the?
0: What? <laughs> Why? Um, I'm. I was scared of oh, it. Okay. Like, okay, I was okay, really okay. anxious. And like, growing up, I didn't know how to identify that. It was like, I, I want to learn how to drive here because I figure if I can drive here, I can drive anywhere. You
1: can't. No, nope, yeah. I'm not gonna say yeah. New York, New York. Yeah, every <laughs> no, never mind. every time drive I say that. Here. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Every time I say that. That happens, so I should stop saying it. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, am I original? Oh, but
0: you are free associative, and yes. I cannot blame you.
1: That's a logical leap. Yes,
0: um, quite. Um, and yeah, so I just was too scared to learn how to do it. But um, so how do you? So you're in therapy? Is it yeah. CBT? Is no, it, what is
1: it? I am in exposure response therapy, which is Ooh. like hardcore. Yeah, CBT. that's like <laughs> it's like for people who don't fuck around in yeah. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying
0: I'm morally superior, but I
1: but you know, I put well. in work.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I just started with an OCD specialist in Midtown, and uh, it is a uh, exposure response therapy or no exposure response prevention therapy, uh, so. where you are. Uh, you've probably heard of exposure therapy. Yeah. It, it's it's Batman. Yeah, it's commonly used for people with phobias. Yeah. Um, so if you have a fear of flying, it's like, well, okay, let's look at pictures of airplanes. And then the next week, let's, um, you know, go to an airport. And then the week Mm -hmm. after that, we'll buy you a ticket. And then the Mm -hmm. week after that, you go on a plane. You know, like, not so sim- sim that's a simplified kind Mm -hmm. of explanation, but- So do
0: you just push women into traffic? (laughs) Is that where you're getting to? Uh,
1: yeah. And, uh, sleep with dogs. No, (laughs)
0: um. (laughs) Talking dogs, killing
1: women, it's fine. Um, for me,
0: in this economy, I don't know what that means. <laughs> this economy flight. So anyway, sorry.
1: <sighs> Woo! Um, I will. Let's see. Let's 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 use an example from my real therapy so that I can. Okay, Ooh. here's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, I have a deep fear, and this is called relationship OCD. I yeah have a deep horrible intrusive thought that comes up all the time that says what if you have tricked yourself into thinking that you love your boyfriend oh that's messed up yeah everybody doubts the relationship sometimes that's totally normal some people think like well how do i know i'm in love that's not abnormal yeah however uh I am the type who, when I am looking at him and you know that like when a rush of love you feel when you're looking at somebody you love, I'll think to myself like, that's just oxytocin. It's just a response (sighs) in your brain. You can't control it. Or if he comes in and he like brings me tea or something, I think, oh, that's not so nice of him. I'll think he's just doing that because you said that you would like him to do things like that more often and it's not genuine and you should find someone who really wants to do that, not because you asked them to. Truly on and on and on. I'll look at a picture of us together and I'll think like what a nice photo and then I'll think you know you're only in this relationship because you two look good together. You're only in this relationship because it's something to post on social media. You're only in this relationship because you want to have somebody this and that. Uh, It makes sex hard obviously because Mm -hmm. I'm so in my head Mm -hmm. Uh, and also I very truly do love my boyfriend very much Mm -hmm. but you can imagine that it is so confusing Mm -hmm. to constantly be told what if you didn't? Yeah. What if you didn't So Something I do You look like You want to say something
0: Well yeah Well it's Feel free Ask me Okay well it's A counter argument To that of Those are probably All genuine factors As to why you're with him Yeah But it's not a bad thing It's just you uh, It sounds like you're With someone who Respects you And is nice oh, looking Oh people
1: who have Relationship OCD Often have great relationships <laughs> It has
0: It's got to be perfect
1: well yeah. no, no 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 no. because here's the thing mm-hmm. when you are in a bad relationship and you're experiencing them as like oh, that was shitty what my partner just did yeah it feels real yeah it feels like I don't think I should be in this yeah they are not respecting me um, I mean you know I'm not attracted to them I this and that you can tell hmm but w- with somebody With a situation like with my boyfriend and I, a relationship that's actually very healthy that I very much enjoy being in, Mm -hmm. um, it's like a big flashing target for the OCD to fuck with. Yeah. If I actually were in a bad relationship, my OCD wouldn't get involved. Mm. It focuses on things that it can warp. Sure, yeah. And uh, I have been in shitty with people who are... and, And it's very easy to tell, like, I'm not into them.
0: Yeah.
1: But with Michael... Uh, It becomes this strange, like, thing where the better something in my life is, the more the OCD wants to fuck with it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense by the nature of the beast.
1: Yeah, and it's very painful.
0: I would imagine. And
1: very confusing for him. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to not bring it to him because if somebody were saying, like... Hey, um, I have this like fundamental belief that I like we're not supposed to be together. But I know that I really love you, but I don't believe it. But uh, like my brain is telling me one thing, and my body is telling me another. And Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely see a future with you, but um, maybe I'm (laughs) like Mm -hmm. he does not get it. Yeah, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's very supportive, Mm -hmm. which is good. But so something I do in exposure response prevention therapy is is entertain those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Think like what if I don't love him? Mm -hmm. What if this isn't the right relationship for me. What if I discover 10 years into a marriage that we should never have been together, or 20 years, Yeah. or I discover in 40 years, like, I've been gay the whole time, (laughs) then what would happen? Mm -hmm. And it, and, and I, I, and you just you expose yourself to the thought over and over and over again in different creative ways. Like my therapist has me write stories of like worst case scenarios and all my horrible thoughts coming true and 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 show and just starts to take the punch out of it. Mm-hmm. The more I go over it in my mind it, uh, and kind of entertain it and say, yeah, that could happen. Mm-hmm. That could be true. Mm-hmm. And I won't die. Yeah. The more you realize that this perceived threat, this horrible, catastrophic threat that you are experiencing viscerally uh, is not really there. Yeah. And even if it were, it wouldn't kill you because thoughts can't kill you. Thoughts are not facts. Feelings and thoughts are not facts. Hmm. They're not to be taken seriously necessarily. Yeah. You know? So,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah um a couple things sure um one the thing what's, what's interesting is i think also if you you slowly learn that there's something different about your brain and that they're not rational thoughts you, you kind of start doing that on your own
1: yes you they get a they have a little tag on them after a while mm-hmm. where you can tell this is an ocd thought yeah
0: cuz i have the same thing with um suicidal ideation mm-hmm. cuz i never i've I've only been close to killing myself twice, mm-hmm. and both times w- wasn't really mm-hmm. very close. But like, I have the thought, man, I should just die right. a lot, and yeah. it gets to a point where I'm like, well, that's just get away. Just yeah. what are you doing? And yeah. and it won't kill you, even though that's what it's about. And so I think that's a good sort of lot of traffic. Um, <laughs>
1: you start you start to see that it yeah. comes with a little tag that says like depression thought, mm-hmm. OCD thought instead of, like, something I should really take seriously.
0: Yeah, and... But it's
1: very hard to differentiate at first. How
0: hard is it for you to navigate that, like, when you're getting input from him? Because you've been together for, what, three Three years? Three years, yeah. Like, last week, right? Yeah.
1: Thanks for yeah. keeping up on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was on Facebook.
0: Yeah, it was on Facebook yeah. and It was a Instagram. very,
1: every social, I yeah. emailed it to every. <laughs> I know.
0: The mailing <laughs> list. It's on your site. It's actually just yeah. your entire website. Yeah, right that's yeah. my whole professional mm-hmm. website. So, and like, how, how hard has it been to navigate sorting out what's real and what's not? Super hard. And for three years you've been doing that.
1: The first year I was with Michael, I was a fucking wreck. Yeah. <laughs> maybe even the first year and a half. Mm -hmm. It was my first real relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, And I, the first almost two years, I was racked with anxiety and intrusive thoughts the entire time of what am I doing? How do I know this is right? Mm -hmm. To such an intolerable degree that I was having regular panic attacks. And I had to hide it all from him because we weren't comfortable enough with each other yet. For me, sure. and I also was not diagnosed with OCD, by the way. Yeah. So it just felt like, well, clearly this is wrong. <laughs> if I'm feeling all the all the time, people don't have panic attacks about their boyfriends all the time if it's a good relationship. Hmm. Yes, they do if mm-hmm. they have OCD and it is a good relationship. But eventually, I we relaxed and you know got closer. Hmm. And then the uh. Then it became clear that it was not something normal when uh, my intrusive thoughts started ballooning outwards to encompass s- so many different types of um catastrophic uh, threats mm-hmm. so that it it became clear that Michael was like a symptom of something and that mm-hmm. and that it wasn't real um, and then getting the diagnosis really clarified everything. I knew that I had o c d In January, Mm -hmm. after doing research on my own, but I wasn't like I finally knew this is must must be what it is, and then finally I was diagnosed in May. Mm -hmm. Um, because the first therapist I went to and was like, I think I was he said, I think you're just sensitive. I think you you know you people overthink things. I was like, Did you not get a degree in this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you mean overthinking things? Uh huh. But whatever. I uh
0: the first therapist I went to go see, oh, a psychiatrist, he said, well, I think you get upset, but since you're an empathetic, and you're a good actor, and you are that kind of personality, you're probably not as as upset as you think you are, and oh, that wow, stuck that is with the me. the most
1: invalidating thing yeah, I have you, first of all, yeah. first of all, phrasing deep depression as you get upset. yeah. As if it were like, oh, they put like Mm. whole fat milk in my coffee. I'm upset. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Yeah, it was really, really difficult to hear. I'm so
1: sorry that happened. Eh, That's
0: fine. Like, I, and basically, to my mom's credit and mine, because I was like 16 at the time, because we knew pretty quick that there's something atypical about my brain. Um,. Because I went through this really bad breakup, and I was going to either kill someone or myself, sure, like, one sure. of the two. Um, and what was interesting about that was just, like, we walked out, and my mom was like, yeah, no, don't listen to him.
1: Oh, that's so great. Yeah,
0: because she was like, no, 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 no. no. I see, like, that's I know you. so nice. I know when you're upset, and this is different.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Um, but...
1: I was in therapy... S- from when i was 12 with crazy obsessions yeah but nobody ever used the correct i uh, so that's 12 years yeah and and when i was in high school i was getting cbt Mm -hmm. but nobody would tell me what it was or why Mm -hmm. i later once i got a psychology degree realized that i'd been doing cbt yeah and was like why did no one ever use the term oh see but you know I, i i get it when it's a Teenager, because your brain is not fully fluid. You are flooded with hormones. I get it. I get it. I get it. You, people don't want to diagnose you maybe mm-hmm. so readily as they would if you were an adult. But what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was getting CBT. Mm-hmm. Why was it at least the just barest, like, whiff of an anxiety disorder kind of posed to me as the not just like you're, you have a high IQ, like, you're sensitive, like, you're. You're performing it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like what? I and it wasn't my parents' fault. It was all the people that they took me to see just weren't using the right language with me.
0: Yeah, and I, like, I'm from a certain point of view, I understand why, because they don't want, because both obsessive compulsive disorder and bipolar disorder are very, like, serious diagnoses. Very, yeah. Um, And so they don't want to swing it around lightly. And so I also went to a psychiatrist when I was in Minnesota when I moved back because I lived up here and then I moved back. Um, And she was like, like, well, I have a family history of this. I think it's this. I'm like 98% sure it's this. And she's like, well, let's give you medication for anxiety and depression and see if that Mm -hmm. helps. And it did not. And in fact, made it worse. Um, right. And so I went to her and she... Uh, Bipolar is not just run-of-the-mill
1: depression, and yeah. OCD is not run-of-the-mill anxiety. Exactly.
0: You have to, like, be very careful with it, and it's just... It not was
1: that depression and anxiety could be run-of-the-mill, but you know what I mean. Well,
0: yes. Um, but they are far more common. They're more nu-
1: Yeah, this is more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah, and it's trickier, and it's more pain in the ass. And it's... I don't know how to... It's... Specifically, anxiety disorders are like, eight out of ten people have it. I know. It's just super, like. I mean,
1: generalizing is also, like, more than ever before right yeah. now.
0: It's because the way we consume media yeah. and it's the way our world is going. And then yeah. also by, like, the first thing we do as people is scream.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it goes downhill from there <laughs> in regards well, that's to. That's
1: poetic. Yeah, well, thanks. That's the first line of your one-man show. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I
0: did was scream, scream. and the, the last thing I do is probably gonna go out screaming. Yeah. like we did. Those are the two bookends: is yeah. fear of death yeah. and everything. And I'm gonna
1: go out laughing.
0: Yep, yeah, like I a real
1: <laughs> comedian. <laughs> fuck me, no, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just giggle to the grave. Uh, giggle to the grave. That's good. That's my one-woman show. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, that's so funny. That's <laughs> so bad. Uh, <laughs> but, um,
0: so, but how much do you talk about, because I'm really interested, how much t- do you talk about Michael with it? Do you turn to him and go, well, I'm having a bunch of intrusive yes. thought good? Yes. And can you kind of talk about that because I know – For me, um, it's difficult, like I do a whole bit about when do you talk to a person about when you're mentally ill, Um, how did you, Initiate that conversation and then how is that place?
1: Well, he has struggles with depression himself. So Mm -hmm. he is uh, Receptive and understanding to the plight of you know different brain wirings. So Mm -hmm. that is just lucky Uh, So lucky that he's so sad (laughs) uh, for me and but uh, also he happens to be uh, tremendously Understanding and not what's the word I'm looking for? He is not easily personally wounded Mm -hmm. he lets things roll off his back very well so where i don't (laughs) i (laughs) he like rolls over in the middle of the night i'm like why are you rolling away from me but uh uh he so when i am in a state (laughs) 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 yeah you're welcome so when he is in a state or when i'm in a state that is like Fucked up, mm-hmm. and I need space, or I'm being weird, or I'm being clingy, or I'm saying shit that's not real, or I'm saying things that would confuse and frighten you. Like, like oh, I wonder if we're not. uh oh, this. Yeah. No. He is. He's not an impenetrable wall, but he's very good at 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 kind of sussing out. Like, are you spiraling right now? Mm-hmm. And and then and now we've gotten to the point where instead of him trying to well, like let me just. Refute everything you're saying because you can't argue with warped logic. You can't argue with OCD logic. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the idea that I can like you know uh, wash my hands as a way to prevent from pushing somebody into a street is makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can't argue with it. He has learned to just say like, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. And that is amazing because then I can just tell him, Mm -hmm. leave me alone, or like, let's hug, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. like. Uh, could you help me tie my shoes or mm-hmm. just come with me to the laundromat mm-hmm. whatever it is that I am feeling too paralyzed to do or or be like uh so I'm very lucky uh but that being said uh he is is just, he can't take it all in a vacuum he still exists in the context of our relationship
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he uh will start to be confused and doubtful as well if I bring too much bullshit into his orbit. Mm -hmm. So I really try to uh, limit that if it's possible um, and try to reassure him, you know. Mm. But it's a balancing act. And it took years, obviously, to to find the balance. And we still, like, don't always have perfect days like we still have terrible days you know so
0: yeah I had this thought number one um, it's great that it's balanced and like I have a thought and then a question thought was like you mentioned you're dealing with warped logic so I am like the way I kind of imagine it is and I think this is the reason I've had a problem with this piece of media is it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland mm. you're showing up in this world and everyone's using a different set of rules than you and no yes. one's explaining anything and so yes. that panic and that anger because all of a sudden you're you but you're you're the Wonderland
1: right
0: you can put that on a t-shirt <laughs> um, you are the you Wonderland, are the Wonderland. Um, but and and your mind is making up all these things but Yes. But you're trying to, like, and, it, and it, that must be But it's your, difficult. But it's your
1: schema. It's yeah. your brain. They're your mm-hmm. thoughts. They're coming from the same uh, place as all your other thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they're sometimes indistinguishable as, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it is like a totally, di- it's like a different operating system. Mm-hmm. And it has a bug in it. And when I... Sometimes it takes me having to voice it to a therapist or a mm-hmm. friend or partner or my parents to realize that um, the system that I thought was operating smoothly is malfunctioning and makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, yeah, because I have no ability to differentiate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, well, at first, yeah. you, you, you develop tools and sure. therapy for, for differentiating between obsessive thoughts and real thoughts. Mm-hmm and you get better at it for different but but, OCD is not curable yeah it's there's no it's only manageable mm-hmm. and so if, if I finally corner an area of my life that was giving me um, a large amount of distress like my relationship for instance and finally get it under control and feel like oh, mm-hmm. okay great now um, let's just hop on over to my body image let's yeah. hop on over to to uh my career stuff let me hop on over to just people in the street who mm. my brain thinks I want to harm like mm-hmm. it will find whatever is free and clear for it to, it'll attach itself because it's because it's uh, it's the it's faulty wiring mm-hmm. you can't rewire your own brain you can only I can only learn how to um, how to, to to do like damage control to be honest yeah. And I think
0: going back, that's the difference between anxiety and depression and then these more severe things is because depression can be curable if you get on the right medication and you make the right life choices. Whereas, this is something that we're both going to be living for, with for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So I have a bunch of thoughts that I'm trying to organize. One, I'm going way back in the conversation when you're like, imp- I was like, have you tried improvising a set? And you're like, that sounds nerve-wracking because you're there alone. I'm like, one, yes, but also kind of this duality of personality that mm-hmm. everyone has because there's more than one voice in your head. And yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. need to cop to that as a society. Oh, sure, sure. So when you're on stage, you can, what I find is like, there's always someone, there's, there's always someone with you because you're like, Five at least for me, five ideas of what to say next. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have that safety net that way. Um, I said that one, and I said that one. I can't remember one of them, so I'm going to say, how do you sus? What's the criteria that you use for the thoughts that you do bring to Michael? Like, what do you go? Well, this isn't worth his time. This is.
1: Yes. Yes. How do
0: you pick and choose?
1: Uh. Okay if it involves Michael if it's about the relationship with him mm-hmm. uh, I I kind of generally err on the side of not telling him
0: oh
1: um I used to tell him a lot more mm-hmm. because it is if we have never spoken about it before and it didn't actually take place
0: mm-hmm
1: then it's probably only in my head. Mm -hmm. If we are out to dinner and we, like, get into a fight and then I want to come home and, like, talk about the fight... Like, that happens. Yeah, yeah. That's a real concern. If I... If it feels like it happened in a vacuum with no Mm -hmm. real trigger, then I can safely assume that it is not worth his time and that it's just going to confuse and upset him. Okay. If it... Uh, if it is something that I, I, I've also gotten now really good at telling what is an OCD thought related to him and what isn't. So, like, it's easier, but, um, now that I'm well, well versed in it, uh, I know that unless he, he has brought it up or it came up naturally or something happened, like, then it's probably something I've made up. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Because we actually, like, we were real, like we don't fight very much, um, so <laughs> to be honest, it, unless it's like part of a fight, it's probably not real.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard, it's kind of vague, it's kind of hard but to no, describe.
0: No, no. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think you, you said it well. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's also, it's also interesting. What's really okay? Just talking about relationships in general. What's been really great is kind of looking at when you're a teenager and early college. I feel like you you have a lot of fights yeah. with people. Whereas when you are start being an adult, you're like, let's discuss this. Right. And we discuss
1: stuff that yeah. hurt. Like we hurt each other. Yeah. And we discuss it, and we like piss each other off, and we discuss it. But we don't have like fights. Yeah, anyone
0: who's still yelling Right, like, is
1: being a teenager uh, like, what, it's what not mean? a good relationship yeah, Exactly, and it was oh, sorry. Anyone who's name calling Yeah. Like, people who still call their partner or like curse their partners out, like like that's not Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's, it's
0: no good, good. Uh, that, My favorite moment in Broad City is just like, who yells
1: I know <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> And I'm just like, you're kind of right to be honest, yeah. it's like you should get to a point where you're like I need a moment, and then we'll talk.
1: Right, and also, uh, if you love somebody, why do you want to make them feel really bad? Yeah. You know, like, there are some times where I think to myself, like, oh, I want to say this shitty sh- fucking <laughs> fucked up thing to you, and then I think, oh, you're going to feel really horrible if I do that. Yeah. I don't actually want you to feel horrible. I just mm. want the satisfaction of, of say- you know, saying it.
0: that you affect yeah, someone. Yeah,
1: so, so if you can, you know, th- if I can stop myself before then, then... And yeah. sometimes I'm just like I'm just gonna fucking say it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those are always the the, the fights where it's like, yeah. <laughs> Michael is so good at being mature that sometimes I'm like, can we just fight? <laughs> 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 can we just be mean? But yeah, no.
0: In my mind, I've never heard him talk, but in my mind, it's like Simone. What the hell? What are you? What, why are you picking a fight? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. He'll. I'll like say some shitty like passive thing in a text, and he'll respond and be like. Well I hear what you're saying, but honestly the manner in which you <laughs> you kind of convey that to me, I really think it could have been done in person and like you know, mm-hmm. I benefit of the doubt on the da and I'm like, God damn it <laughs> You're right, I'm being a child.
0: Uh-huh. So what would be if anyone what would be the biggest like kind of bumper sticker advice that you would give to someone who's dealing with intrusive thoughts?
1: Thoughts are not facts.
0: Thoughts are not facts.
1: Thoughts and feelings are not
0: facts. Mm -hmm. I have a similar thing, which is our brains drive us. We do not drive our brains.
1: Yeah. That's true, but that makes me anxious when I think about how little control we have. So I I like to empower, you know, I like to empower myself a bit and remind myself, like, just because it's happening to you, Mm -hmm. you know, does not mean that it's real. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're dealing with intrusive thoughts that are telling you, uh, like what you know what if I became a pedophile what if I that does not mean that's gonna happen
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, and it's a disorder mm-hmm. and if you the number the hardest thing to do with OCD is to ignore the pounding heart and the dizzying you know blurred vision and the tingles and the adrenaline and 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 not think of that as evidence of its re, of its truth of of the uh, the veracity of your thoughts, mm-hmm. but rather just a misfiring, and your thoughts are not facts. Like don't listen to your body; it's driving you. You know, mm-hmm. don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. You are fine. You're in the moment, and in the moment, you're fine. And you know what? Like even if something shitty happens, like you're not gonna die. It's not gonna mm-hmm. kill you. It's not. And if you die, then fuck whatever. You're gone. You're, you're, dead, you're dead. So whatever. You don't have trying to sit around and be like, "You said I wouldn't die." Like, you, <laughs> you're dead. You're dead. So Simone. whatever.
0: A ghost is going to haunt you. I'm like Simone. OCD was real. <laughs> and where
1: can people find you? Oh my god. Everywhere. At home. Um, no. uh, they can find me. Uh, my Twitter handle is y Simone, y yeah. why Simone why yeah W H Y Simone W H Y. Uh, My Instagram is localhoney, spelled Mm -mm. local H-U-N-N-Y. Just doing cute little spellings wherever we can. Um, (laughs) My website is simonenorman.com. And I host the branded content monthly mm-hmm. variety show with my co-host Jackson Fisher mm-hmm. at Pine Box Rock Shop first Thursday of every month. Our next show is December 7th and that is our okay. six month anniversary show. Yay! Yay, and it's free. Uh, we have like Chanel Ali, Sydney Washington, Mike Kaplan, uh, me, uh, mm-hmm. big guy over here, and yeah is there anywhere else I exist in space How you could pin me down Like on the street mm-hmm. Like walking dogs
0: <laughs> And then she will push you into the street
1: will push you into the street And then and fuck the No,
0: yeah, So so very much on yeah. top of your lifeless body Yeah
1: and then yeah. you'll be like Simone you said those things weren't real <laughs> I, lied, I lied Just like my brain <laughs> Thank you for doing Thank this Thank you for having me yeah,
0: and I call to order this meeting of the amateur detectives club we've got a mystery on our hands gang it's what's the best mystery review podcast <gasps> what are the clues well they have to feature like very good detectives like Hercule Poirot oh i love him
1: maybe be about books that everybody loves and sometimes tv shows or movies hmm,
0: and it has to have some good hosts like probably a three seems like a good number uh, just delightful charming charming hosts
1: you know what guys what i think i have the solution mm-hmm. it's the amateur detectives club a new mystery podcast with me melissa Maley.
0: and miles newverth and me tristan miller when does it come out oh it comes out every um third monday of the month wonderful this meeting is adjourned yack use gavel sound